There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning into the podcast once again. This is our Thursday edition of the podcast as we begin to wind up the week. And we certainly are thankful for the privilege we have to do the podcast. I had a man just the other day called me, contacted me, and just said that he looks forward to the podcast each and every day. And it really is calls like that, texts like that, messages like that, that really keep us going on the podcast. There are times it's very difficult to keep up. I've already lamented the fact that we'll be traveling several days next week as we head up to Maine. And just the fact it's going to be very difficult to keep on top of the podcast at that time. However, I'm trying to record this week. This is Tuesday. I'm recording Thursday, so I'm not that far ahead. Uh, if I can do this twice again tomorrow and get into Monday on Memorial Day, then I might get a little bit ahead, might be able to keep on top of that. But that's just what the Lord has, and the Lord just keeps us on schedule. We thank the Lord for his strength, thank the Lord for those that contact us, saying they are listening. We will be at the Egamalgan Baptist Church. There's an update to that for those of you listening in Maine. We will be there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We'll be there at 7 o'clock each night. And then Saturday, they're going to have a 10 a.m. service followed by a picnic on the grounds. And one thing I've learned, if you want to go to a picnic on the grounds, coastal Maine in May and June, July is a wonderful time to have a picnic on the grounds. Now, we've had lobster there before. I'm not saying we will this time. I know I've heard rumors of haddock and scallops and things like that, and so we thank the Lord for that, but we're looking forward to that. That's not a hint to anybody listening, but we certainly look forward to that, and I believe uh, Brother McFarland and I had spoke the other day, and I mentioned maybe he's going to put a moose on a spit and just have a moose roast, and so we'll see what takes place with that. It's very hard to turn an 800-pound spit, but somebody might have the strength, and then secondarily, after that, then we will be Sunday, and that'll be a morning service as far as I know. And then we also will be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, each night. And that's over in Tremont, at Tremont Baptist Church in Seal Cove, Maine. And we certainly look forward to those services. And then from there, we'll head to Vermont. We'll update that later on in the week. So we'll be back-to-back there on coastal Maine. And we're certainly looking forward to what the Lord will do. We thank the Lord for the privilege to pray for us. If you're in the area at 10, if you just want to drive in for a day, we'll find you a place to sleep. Brother Barnes always tells me he has a blue top, whatever a top is. And he'll cover you up and give you some rest. So pray for those services. We're back in Job 23 now today. And Job is speaking here. And I'll just say this at the beginning of the podcast. It's 17 verses. And I believe as Eliphaz the Temanite, and I didn't say a lot about it. I touched on it briefly. As he contends with Job, he's also contending with Jesus Christ. He is speaking on behalf of the wicked. He is speaking on behalf of that one that is withstanding Christ, has always withstood Christ. He even took Jesus Christ and tempted him. And so now we see Job responds. And I believe as much as I'm looking at Job 23, and we just go ahead and just throw this on the table early on in the podcast, I believe this is messianic. I believe it's Jesus Christ. I don't believe this is another. 
And so I'm going to preach this in Job 23, as Job, that great prophet of God, speaking of Jesus Christ, there are just too many markers here that cannot be Job, one of the rules we talk about. Uh, when they're speaking, when men are speaking of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, when they're speaking in the first person, that's speaking by the Spirit of Christ, there are times it cannot be that prophet. That's how you know. And why else would that prophet be speaking? Well, Peter told us they're speaking by the Spirit of Christ. And I know this is foreign to a lot of people. There's a lot of folks that say, I've never heard anything like this. Nobody's ever told me this. People say, I've, nobody ever told me to look in the Psalms. Nobody ever told me to look for, for Jesus Christ. I had someone this week in the last week of meetings that just said, I have seen Jesus Christ in places I've never seen him before. And I had to laugh. And I said, well, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I've seen Jesus Christ in places I've never seen him before. And it's not just about seeing Jesus Christ, but it's seeing Jesus Christ because when you see him, it rightens the doctrine. The doctrine is now stronger. The doctrine is more accurate. When you go to the New Testament, when you've seen Christ in the Old, other verses fall into place and you become stronger in doctrine. That's what's missing today. That's why they will not endure sound doctrine. But instead, they got these teachers having these itching ears. They're heaping them up. And oh my, they're just lauding them and pouring out money upon them. And all they're doing is just scratching people's ears. And all they're doing is tickling them, tickling their fancy. But they won't endure sound doctrine. So you must see Christ to make the doctrine right. And the problem is, is when you see Christ in obscure places, in odd places, like Job 23, it doesn't fit in the normal dialogue. It doesn't fit into people's plan. It doesn't fit into their commentaries or into their circle or into their idea of what we should be preaching to the point that people withstand Jesus Christ. He said here, Job answered and said, verse two, even today is my complaint bitter. And there's two things there of Jesus Christ. We know he had a complaint. We know he complained. Isn't the sore ran in the night? He complained of bitterness of soul. He said, my stroke is heavier than my groaning. All that I knew where I might find him. Has Job lost God? No, he has not. Job is just suffering. Job is patient. The Bible says he's known by the patience. So is Job lamenting his day? No, he's not. Is Job complaining about his own calamity? I don't believe he is. No. But I believe this is when Jesus Christ being offered for sin. This is Jesus Christ dying on the cross. This is Jesus Christ in the agony of his soul. Oh, that I might know where I might find him, that I might come even to his seat. Why couldn't he come to his seat? Job could have come to the throne of grace. I believe that. He could have come. He offered sacrifices every day to God. He could have crawled in that ash peat, got some wood, and crawled in the ash heap and put that wood in the fire, put a burnt offering upon it, offered a sacrifice unto God right then and there. But he could have done that, but he chose not to do that. Why? He's prophesying. This is Jesus Christ. This is clearly Jesus Christ. When the Father has turned from him, the Father is under the cover of darkness, is now destroying him. The Father is judging him as a sinner. He said in verse 4, I would order my cause before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say unto me. Why? Because that's the Father and the Son. That's that fellowship that has never before been suffered. That's that fellowship, that perfect communion. That's that fellowship that they invite us into. Why do we understand the words of God? Because we're in the fellowship of the Father and of the Son. Why do I believe the Bible? Because I'm in the fellowship of the Father and of the Son. He's opened my understanding to see Jesus Christ, opened my understanding to see Scripture, opened my understanding 
And therefore, these things being spiritually discerned, even I can discern them, a man of uneducation, a man of low degree, a man that some considered absolutely a monster when I got saved, but I can even understand those things. Why? Because the Spirit of God within me bears witness with these things, and the Holy Ghost teaches us these things, and I'm in the fellowship with the Father and with His Son. And so, therefore, we understand what He would say. Jesus Christ understands what the Father would say to him. Why? Because they've been in perfect communion all these years. It's been a perfect fellowship. Will he plead against me with his great power? No, but he would put strength in me. So he said, if I could find God, he'd put strength in me. If I knew where he was, and by the way, he did not know where he was. He knew he was being judged. He knew he was being offered. But he didn't know where God was. Why? It was dark. It was the cover of darkness. I don't mean just the darkness of, of the daytime. It wasn't just that the sun was hid by the thick cloud, but it's also the spiritual darkness. He's never been there before. And in verse 7, he says, where the righteous might dispute with him, so should I be delivered forever from my judge. In verse 8, he says, behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. It's interesting, he says, on the left hand, where he doth work, because Jesus Christ is on the right hand of God, and therefore on the left hand is where the Father works. And that's the relationship he's speaking of. It's on the left hand that he works. Why? Jesus Christ is on his right hand. And he said that's where he works. He doesn't say he works on the right hand, but he looks on the right hand. He's not there, but God's working on his left hand. It's the position of Jesus Christ. It's where he's, he is to be. It is his seat that God has given him. It's that seat that that man of sin wants to take, it's that seat that his disciples were contending, who could sit on his right hand, who would sit on his left hand. It's that place not given to them. It is for the Father to determine that. But again, it's just another clue. We're looking at Jesus Christ. We're looking at this prophecy. Job is speaking of that one which is to come, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's speaking it as a great prophet of God. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And it's interesting, there's a couple colons there. The one is the end of verse 9. There's another colon really at the end of verse 8. Again, sentence within a sentence. End of a sentence, new sentence. The one I see here, he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. And then there's a colon. The next colon completes the sentence, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. But right in between, that's another statement he makes, a standalone sentence. But he knoweth the way that I take. The ways of the Lord, the ways of Jesus Christ. The Lord knoweth that way. And he said, when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When is he tried? He's tried in the furnace of earth. The word of God is tried in the furnace of the earth. Where is he tried? He's tried in the very flames of hell. And what does it come forth? It comes forth as gold. He is deity. He is God, God in flesh, Jesus Christ. Therefore, he does come forth as gold. Now, you and I are going to come forth as precious stones, and I can understand that. I don't see where Job will come forth as gold. If somebody finds that differently, I'd, I'd love for you to hear from me. I'd love for you to contact me, explain that to me. I don't have a lot of light on that. If somebody has a, a better explanation or certainly has understanding I don't have, I would love to hear that. But I believe Jesus Christ is the one that's tried in the fire and comes forth as gold. He goes to the, down to the finer's. And he goes into the furnace and he comes out as gold. Only Jesus Christ could do that. He's deity. He's God. He's God in flesh. He's the son of God. And therefore, he is perfect. 
And oh, my friend, to see him in all of his glory, to see him in all of his beauty, to see him in the wonder of who he is, and to see him come out of that fire, pure and holy and just, having salvation, then sit at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. What a privilege and what a blessing it is to know that that is him. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Listen, again, I don't want to contend. I don't want to just be... Uh, be a naysayer on this, but my foot hath held his steps. Who? God's steps. Why would he hold his steps? Because that's the way he lay before him. That's the steps that he's walked in. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Jesus Christ, communion with the Father, his relationship with the Father. So once again, we just see it all falls into place. It fits perfectly. I don't think there's anything else that could fit there. To be honest with you, I couldn't preach this. It's just Job's calamity. It would be almost impossible for me now to preach it as Job's calamity because I see Christ in this. It goes on in verse 13, but he is of one mind, and who can turn him? And what his soul desireth, even that, that he doeth. What has he done? He's offered his son for sin. He's taken him to the very depths of hell. When his cry came unto the Father, he crossed over that gulf, drew him out of many waters, brought him back across that gulf, delivered him, brought him into a large place by his own righteousness, by the cleanness of his hands. That's Jesus Christ. That's what the Father's done for him. He's delivered his soul from death. He's kept his feet from falling. And he's going to give him that promise that his feet will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. For he performeth the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. And I notice like verse 14, he performeth, that's ongoing tense, that is present tense, that is future tense. What is he doing? The thing that is appointed for me. He's offering his soul for sin. Why? That you and I might not have to have our soul offered. Jesus Christ's soul was offered for us that you and I don't have to taste death. You and I don't have to go to hell. You and I don't have to be judged for sin. That's why it's an ongoing tense. He performeth the thing. It's yesterday, it's today, it's forever. I'm free in Christ. <laughs> I have Jesus Christ, the righteous, as my Savior. He is the Son of God. Uh, he will perfect that which concerneth me. If there's anything good in me, it's through him. That has to be Jesus Christ. Why? Because God appoints that thing in him and then performeth it. It's ongoing. It's continual. It's ongoing. Listen, God can perform things in me, but a lot of that, it has to do with my will. I can resist God. Job could resist God. Jesus Christ is God. He's not going to resist God. He can't resist God. He can't go against his own will. Why? Because he's the son of God. Therefore, I believe that performing he speaks of there, that backpack tense, future tense, all of those things combined in one is the person of Jesus Christ. Therefore, am I troubled at his presence? When I consider, I am afraid of him. What is that? That's the fear that came upon him. That's the horror of the Psalms that Psalms speak about of Jesus Christ. That's the wrath of God poured out on his son. For God maketh my heart soft. There's that tender heart. There's that soft heart. Again, we've recently wrote an article on Pure Cambridge Text. Some of you may have read that. Some of you may have not. But we talk about that. God took that stony heart out. Why? Those tables of stone. Those tables of stone could not make that heart of stone pliable. So what did God do? By his spirit, he made that heart a new heart. He made it a fleshly heart. What is a fleshy heart? It's a heart of flesh. It's soft. It's pliable. 
it's tender. For God maketh my heart soft. That's Job 23 and 16. And the Almighty troubleth me. Because I was cut off before the darkness. Neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. Jesus Christ saw it all. He saw his own judgment. He saw what was being done to him. I believe here it could be foreknowledge. It could be he's seeing this. This is Job prophesying. He's speaking of those things. He has seen those things. This was appointed for the foundations of the world, that Jesus Christ was going to die this great death, that he was going to suffer this great suffering, and that Jesus Christ was going to make us free with this great salvation that he came with and he offered to whosoever will. Again, the sufferings of Christ, the prophecy of Job by the word of God. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning And he longs to return to the Lord As he cries for forgiveness and mercy God is waiting You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.